Okay, let's talk about a few text messages that have come through from the first half of the show. We talked about a premature baby boy born at 21 weeks mm-hmm. and two days. Yes. Just celebrating his first birthday. Uh, premature baby boy, if that isn't a miracle, what is? Mm. Imagine he will know. Imagine he will be known as the miracle boy for the rest of his life. 100%. Yeah, that's 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 just super exciting right there. Mm. Then you've got uh, the power of celebrities. Quite frightening. <laughs> yeah, to destroy yes. economies. Yes. Of multi-billion dollar corporations. You wipe $4 billion off Coca-Cola just by saying the word water <laughs> and moving two bottles out of the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, pretty sad that the world will follow their lead and words but reject and mock Jesus' words and teachings. Mm. And this is one of the great things when celebrities do do something that supports, you know, following Jesus. They, that, you know, celebrities are the ones who really have so much influence in our world and mm. influence for good. It would be great to see more celebrities out there standing up for Jesus Christ. Uh, of course, the story that we were sharing was uh, Cristiano Ronaldo standing up for good health. The Bible mm. stands up for good health. The Bible says it tells us to drink water. The Bible mm. says don't have too much sugar; it'll make you throw up. <laughs> It's what exactly what the Bible says. Well, it says honey because they didn't have cane sugar back then, mm. or corn syrup and those other ones. Mm. Uh, and the Bible says to teaches us to eat things in moderation. So, yeah, go Cristiano Ronaldo. All right, four billion dollars wiped <laughs> off of Coca Cola. Yeah, with one word. It's so classic. Coca-Cola is such a classic company as well, like in terms of being the ultimate evil corporation. Yes. Where they're like, we make one of the most like terrible products and then they're like... And we get the oh, whole world addicted to it. Yeah. And then they're like, open happiness, guys. We made phones for children in India. And, oh, we... Oh, yeah, don't even get me started with what Coca-Cola gets involved in. It's yeah. just like, you have got to be joking. Mm, mm. Yikes. Anyways... We, we could we could talk about we could talk about their activities in uh, wokeism and you know cancel culture and all that yeah. kind of stuff as well. And, and this month is probably I can imagine as well. Like it, this month being you know it's June. Currently we're in the midst of Pride Month, and we see those kinds of actions like just absolutely trite and arbitrary. You know support of all different kinds of things for the purpose of brand recognition and people it's thinking just purely, you're good. It's just purely about money. Uh huh. If they really cared about people, they would put science and technology into some really nice-tasting beverages mm-hmm. that we could all enjoy mm-hmm. and not kill ourselves at the same time. Yep. They have no interest in people, <laughs> none whatsoever. They fly a rainbow flag. It's like, oh, we're interested. You're not. In- don't try and fool us with the fact that you are interested in people. You're not interested in people. You're interested in killing people. <laughs> And making money and making from money it, out of it. Seriously. Oh, yikes! Bro. The hypocrisy mm-hmm. is just <laughs> thick. Good, good thing we're not rich. Yes, <laughs> yes, it is a very good thing that we are not rich. <laughs> All right, Lyle. Bible study time. Mm-hmm. Romans chapter eight, verse one. Great. Whoa, just, 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 just <laughs> okay. classic passage of scripture right here. One of the most memorized passages in the Bible. Mm-hmm. Not the most one, but definitely one of the most ones. Okay, so Romans chapter 8 and verse 1. So now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. What? Huh? Read the rest of the verse. That, that is, that's it. You're kidding. No, I'm not. That's it. That's, that's all your verse says? Yeah. And then it goes to verse 2. 
I'm, I'm flabbergasted. <laughs> I'm flabbergasted. You, you're missing the best part of the verse. Well, okay. okay. All right. I need to get a real Bible here. Okay. Okay. You always say this. Yes. You always. By the way, I just want to let everyone know this is not my Bible. No. Uh, we, you know, this is this is the from studio the studio. Bible. This is the studio he's Bible. Right now. And uh, but yeah, listen, listen. I'm. I feel like this, but I'm going to defend it. Okay. All right. I'm going to say, you know, this, you'll lose. But this, go ahead. It's pretty. It's all right. It, you know, it's a great devotional es- Bible. Essence, essence of the text, right there. But if you want to have doctrinal truth, <laughs> okay, okay, all right, you're right. Let me dig out my King James version. Mm-hmm. There is therefore now con- now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. Okay, mine doesn't. Mine doesn't. Say and that. that's a pretty significant <laughs> statement right <laughs> yeah. there. Yes, that's a massive statement that yours is missing out. Wow, that is that is actually like hugely. Doctrinally different. It is. Normally, when I give you a hard time over your, over your Bible, it's not that big of a difference. Yeah, but this is just the This one is massively life. doctrinally different. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well. Because yours simply says there's no condemnation to those which are in Christ Jesus. Yeah. But yours okay. gives a qualified which, 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 statement. Which, to which, that. which anybody out there can say, well, you know, I gave my life to Jesus a long time ago. Mm. When I was 10, I, I made a commitment to Jesus. Therefore, I'm never going to be commit, condemned ever again. Mm hmm. Mine has a qualifying statement attached yeah, to it. Wow. Who walk not after the flesh, but who walk after the spirit. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Yeah, so I guess your translation definitely supports the concept of once saved, always saved. Mm. This is a bit Ooh, scary. Yikes. <laughs> uh, whereas mine supports the concept of a living relationship with Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. salvation every day. Mm. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Uh-huh. That's, where sal- that's where assurance is found. Yours supports the concept of assurance. I'm going to have a rant here. I can feel it coming on. <laughs> yours, yours supports the concept of assurance based on an act that you made, that's salvation by works, mm-hmm. at some period in your past. Yeah, wow. Well. That forever has removed your power of choice. You're never going to have the power of choice again. And even if you decide sometime in the future, you don't actually want to go to heaven. Too bad. You're going to be there. That isn't it crazy? Hey, it's nuts. Oh, I remember like you know talking with um, a street evangelist uh, one time in the city of Newcastle. I was walking around and saw some guy preaching on the street. And I'm like, epic, good for you. He's handing out tracks. He's got the shirt on. Like He's doing the thing. Do you want to know God? Like. I'm like, amen. Like, this is, I had just become a Christian at the time. I think, I, I think I was like, I had been a Christian for a year. I was like, man, good for this guy. You know, I was, and I was currently working for the church as a Bible worker as well. I went up and got into conversation with him and he's like, do you know you're saved? And I'm like, well, yeah, I, I know Jesus. Like, I, yeah, exactly. I know, I know my savior. I follow him every day. Of course. And he's like, yeah, but, but how do you know? And I'm like, well, yeah, that's it. And then, and then he got into this, you know, this whole thing about, oh, yeah, but, you know, I gave my heart to Jesus when I was da-da-da. I and, got saved. And I, I got saved. And, but, and then he made the point, but it's like, oh, now, you know, no one can snatch me from his hand. And at that point, I'd already kind of had an idea of what once saved, always saved was and that I didn't support it. And I was like, oh, so you mean like once saved, always saved? He's like, yeah, yeah, like that's what the Bible promotes and that's what makes sense. And I'm like, okay, so you're saying – what if you just didn't want to go to heaven? Uh, you know, it's. I mean, the verse that he quoted us there, you know, no one can snatch you out of God's hand. Yeah. H- have people not have actually stopped and thought about that verse? <laughs> yeah. 
You know, it's true. Nobody can snatch you out of God's hand. Yeah. That doesn't mean that you can't leave. Yeah, wow. You can make a choice to leave. Nobody else can drag you out. You can't. If I am a follower of Christ, there is nothing that you can do to stop me from being a follower of Christ. Mm. But I can choose to stop being a follower of Christ. That's my freedom of and choice. And this is what we see, like, with a, like a one prime example, uh, Peter. Yes. Uh, Judas. Yes. Like, and we see this, you know, it's not in an Old Testament context where people will try and... No, no, no. These are literal followers of Jesus. Like, in the literal sense that they follow Jesus around. Who yes. chose to not to? Yes. One chose to not to for eternity. Like, yes. literally, one chose to be lost. He was he was chosen to be a disciple, a representative of the church going forward. That's right. He had one of the most powerful, like influential positions in this early emerging, developing Christian faith, and he chose to give it up all for sin. Once saved, always saved makes a farce out of Christianity. Mm. Oh, it, and it has brought about some of the worst atrocities of all time. I, I'm, I'm sure you could get into it. Like, um, but I was just say it makes a farce out of Christianity because it makes people, it makes the worst people imaginable saved. Mm. Because at some some point in their past, they confess Jesus Christ, and now they go and live the most abominable, horrific lives, and yet they are saved. But we're not, like, uh, what I think here is it's not just like, you know, oh, like you could say, oh, Adolf Hitler, you know, attended church and gave his heart to Jesus when he was 10 and then went and became Adolf Hitler. You know what? You know how it makes worse? Christians. It makes Christians worse. It makes Christians so much worse because Christians just become people who don't care about giving their lives to Jesus every day, who don't care about following him and supporting the world around them. They just care. that, that They're like, dude, oh, I'm safe. Box. Like, I'm good. I can do yeah. whatever I want. And they build their whole worldview around that. Some, you know, really like get into then the concept of um, predestination. And that has brought about some of the worst atrocities of all times at the hands of Christians. That's right. Like the African slave trade was because the African slave trade in the United States happened in the United States, mm -hmm. one of the most Christian countries on earth yes. at the time. And people would point to it and say, oh, like, like a righteous Christian country then birthed one of the worst things ever, the African slave trade. And it's like, how does that happen? Like, how can their conscience... Yes, Calvinism. Be, is literally, they, they literally came to the conclusion, like, how they justified it in themselves was like, well, clearly, these purple people weren't predestined to be saved, sl saved, so therefore, I can enslave them. Yeah, that's right. Isn't that just disgusting? Because like, because it's a it's a doctrine that teaches that God creates some people to burn for eternity. And if they're going to burn for eternity, then what? Why, why should we worry about yeah. them? Why should we take care of them? Why should we Why should we have compassion on them? There's nothing we can do about it. You know, it, God is sovereign, and so you know, God does whatever God wants, and we should never question it. No, we should absolutely. God says, "Come now, let us reason together. Question me. Ask me about stuff. Mm. Examine. Find out. Put your mind at ease." Mm. And it is, isn't it crazy, just looping back to this verse in our Bible study today, Yes, that it was these people, these marginalized people who were persecuted at the time of Christ and at the time when Paul is writing this. And he writes to them, particularly people in Rome, you know, it is the, the, the Mecca of the Gentile world. And he's writing to them, look, no, there is, you know, marginalized or not, there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, yes. who follow him, who do not follow the flesh, but follow him after the spirit. 
Isn't yes. that amazing? He's, it is. Like these words just have uh, I love this work. I, I love this. I love this. I love this. This work right here. The word right here, and it's the word walk. Mm. This is what's missing from your translation. It doesn't have the word walk. Yeah, wow. Your translation says there is now no, no no condemnation to those which are in Christ Jesus. Mine says who walk. Mm. Who remain with Christ Jesus. Mm. And this is an amazing thing because you talk about we talked about Adolf Hitler, who is, you know, we always hold him up as like the worst of the worst of the worst. He's the, the, the poster boy for yeah, terribleness. The poster boy for terribleness. Uh, I wonder how long that's going to last for. Ooh. You know, as a historian, that fascinates me. Yeah, wow. Well. You know, the poster boy for terribleness in the ancient world was Alexander the Great. Yeah. For about three or four hundred years. Uh-huh. And then the Romans came along and made him a hero. Mm. How long before that happens again That's crazy. with Adolf Hitler? The Romans came along and made him a hero uh, because it would help them like advance politically. Yes, absolutely. Like, Their martial aspirations. And obviously like they pointed out like you know maybe like a good characteristic oh he made schools and he go globalized and all that stuff and it's like oh well you know Well he conquered the world was basically yeah. and, and ruled by right of conquest and we're going to conquer the world and rule by right of conquest and so they were the ones who actually termed the coin Alexander the Great. Mm-hmm. Until the Roman era he was just known as Alexander. And to most people he was known as Alexander uh, the um, genocidal maniac mm. who just you know terrorized the entire world uh, was a serial arsonist and just burnt the world down mm. you know committed just mass cultural genocide and destruction and turned everything into Greek culture. I guess the one- nothing that is necessarily wrong with Greek culture in and of itself apart from the fact that they had you know a terrible religion but you know. Mm. Bunch of religions back then that weren't so great, but as we know, like even with the church establishing any cultural belief system by force and by yes. authoritarianism, will ultimately lead to atrocity. Yes, mm. indeed. Hectic. So we've got a couple of uh, text messages that've been coming through here. Maybe we just have a quick squeeze here and see what uh, what we've got here. Um, somebody's pointing in that, that sending, sending in that Hitler was a son of the Catholic Church, grew up in that faith, um, and Ooh. and was. And it's interesting the level of support that he received from that church. Yes, through the early years of the war, uh, until it became politically wrong to do so. Mm. Also, from the country that housed the church itself, which yeah. would continue all the way through. Oh, man, world you, war II. Me, send these text messages <laughs> through, and I get sidetracked <laughs> onto onto some World War Two history right here. And we have this great passage we need to be focusing on. Mm. But, you know, you take somebody like that who we see as a serial arsonist who just goes and burns the whole world down, and the Bible says, There is therefore now no condemnation to those which are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh but after the Spirit. Can you have somebody who is that kind of person Mm. give their life to Jesus Christ and come under no condemnation? Mm. I mean, if Hitler in his bunker, as the Russians were, you know, 100, 200 metres away, had got down on his knees and made a, a, an honest confession of Jesus Christ and surrendered to him, does this verse count? Mm. Would he come under no condemnation in the judgment? When the judgment sits and God looks at his record, reveals his record to the world, is the world going to agree we're not going to condemn the universe. Is going to agree, we're not going to condemn this person. You're listening to the Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM. Positively different.
go back to our Bible passage. We need to get into yeah. it. All right. There is now no condemnation to those which are in Christ Jesus who walk not of the flesh but after the Spirit. We can just go through this whole passage. It's the best mm. passage ever. We've got some other verses that we can look at here. Let's go to John chapter 5 and verse 24. So that's John 5 and verse 24. John chapter 5, verse 24, oh, the book of John. Of course, this book will be in our giveaway for the quiz, 0491064669. This will be explaining all of this as we're doing today. John chapter 5, and what was it? Verse, verse, 24. 24, verse 24. The Bible says, perfect, perfect. I tell you the truth. Those who listen to my message and believe in God who sent me have eternal life. They will never be contempt for their sins, but they have already passed from death into life. Okay, so... What does Jesus outline there as the conditions for salvation? Mm, uh, that those who listen to my message yes. and believe. And believe. In God. In God. Let me read it from this one. Uh, John 5, verse 24, it says, Truly, truly, I say unto you, he that, be- that hears my word and believes on him that sent me has everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death into Life, mm. And this is the great message that is coming through in this particular passage here. And it's the message of freedom from guilt. Guilt is probably one of the most destructive things that will eat a person and mm. destroy a person. So many people have been destroyed by what they have done in the past because they can never find that freedom from guilt. It's one of the greatest causes, uh, I believe, in my opinion, of the depression pandemic that we see in our world today because people have forgotten God, people have moved away from God, and they no longer have a means of finding freedom from guilt. Mm. And so they'll try and find freedom from guilt by just doubling down and saying, well, no, it's not wrong. I did nothing wrong. That's not immoral. And the more they double down to try and cover the pain that they are suffering, the more pain they suffer, the more their guilt increases and the more their depression and their anxiety goes up. Mm. Freedom from guilt is found in Jesus Christ. And this is the solution. The solution is not just doubling down and saying, I did nothing wrong. That's not going to hide the pain. And it's not going to do away with your conscience. Your conscience will always be there because God is always pleading with you to come to him because he's the only one who can give you that freedom. And when people find that freedom, it's the most amazing experience that they ever go through. I've seen so many people, you know, once they have found forgiveness of their sins and freedom Mm. from guilt, and they just go away walking on air. Mm. It's a new experience for them. Yeah, it's powerful, eh? Like, usually in those situations, it usually goes from guilt. They find Jesus, they and they ultimately, like, the first step is is admitting that it's wrong. Yeah. And that guilt is then converted to shame, and they feel shame and they feel sorry for what they did. Like guilt is like, you know, feeling you know emotionally persecuted for something that you've done. Like, yes. uh, but shame is this other sensation where it's like you know that it's that it's wrong, and but you've accepted it. You're like, I've done the wrong thing, and that's just Jesus just sweeps in at that point. It's like, no, but I freed you from that shame. Uh-huh. I've given everything for you to be rid of that shame, you know, and to learn from it and to be better and to change. Praise the Lord. Like yeah. to have a new life. Yeah, guilt is guilt is a, is a weird thing. There's a story in our Bible study that uh, talks about a police operation. There was a young girl that was murdered. Mm. And as often happens in these kinds of situations, the police actually know who did it. They just don't have the evidence that they need to convict the person. Mm. and uh, they knew that the person who had done this 
was a young man who you know had, had a relationship with this girl, and uh, they knew he was guilty, and they could they, they they just couldn't take it to court. They didn't have enough evidence to take it to court, but they could see that he was racked with guilt. Mm. You know what they did? What they set a microphone up that was triggered by audio at the grave mm. and waited for him to go and confess. Yeah, wow. And three months later, he turned up and confessed everything right mm. there at the grave. Mm. His guilt drove him to it. Nabbed him the next day. Oof. Got him just like that. Uh, guilt is a terrible, terrible thing, and God brings to us the solution for guilt. Mm. Now, of course... Guilt goes away. Consequences don't go away. And the consequences of this young man was a life sentence, of course. You know, the consequences are not going to change. Mm. Uh, there's always going to be consequences. But God says, I can take away your guilt. I can give you freedom from that. Let's go to Romans chapter 3, verse 24 and 25. Romans 3. Romans chapter 3, verse 24 and 25. Romans chapter 3, 24 and 25. The Bible says this, Yet... God, with undeserved kindness, declares that we are righteous. He did this through Christ Jesus when he freed us from the penalty for our sins. For God presented Jesus as the sacrifice for sin. People are made right with God when they believe that Jesus sacrificed his life, shedding his blood. This sacrifice shows that God was not being fair when he held back and did not punish those who sinned in times yeah, wow. Mm. Your translation there actually says the same thing as mine. It just doesn't use any of the same words. <laughs> like none of the same words at all. None of the same sentences even. You follow along with this. Mm-hmm. This is an interesting one. Being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God has set forth to be a propitiation through faith in his blood to declare his righteousness for the remission of sins that are passed through the forbearance of God. Mm. Mine actually uses a lot less words, yeah. but I'm glad yours used a lot more words because there's a few words in here that we don't use anymore. Yeah. Propitiation, you know, sacrifice, mm. um, etc. And there is – this is just Paul. Mm. What do you do with Paul sometimes? <laughs> I'm just going to focus on verse 24. Mm. Being justified freely by his grace. Mm. Powerful promise right there. Justified, if you're struggling with remembering what the word means, it simply means just as if I'd never done it. Mm. And if you as a listener today are struggling with something, you are struggling with guilt over something that you did, take it to Jesus today. Because as you take it to Jesus today, he will make it just as if you'd never done it. Mm. Now, there may be consequences. I'm not saying that consequences will never be there. And consequences can be terrible things to deal with. But Jesus says, this is the gift that I want to give you today, just as if you'd never done it. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. Question of the day. The, the, what, the what, Lawson? The, the what? question today. <laughs> the, the what was that? <laughs> well, because I love to say a sentence and then cut it off, but I I didn't. All right. <laughs> okay, so our question of the day is a bit of follow-up from last week. Last yes. week we had the question 
Uh, what do we regard as believing Christians when when it comes to communion? Yes. Uh, because we, you know, we, what we do with communion when it comes to drinking the 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 grape juice and eating the bread and in remembrance of Jesus is that we are. It's open to all believing Christians. Yes, all believing Christians. Uh, but you know, there might be people attending who are not. And the next follow up question is. How do we then exclude those living in open sin, and what does that mean? Okay, so there's a couple of things to think about right here. What I said last week in relationship to believing Christians is anyone who professes to be a Christian. Mm. Uh, Because we are not the ones who can read a person's heart. We are not the ones who can decide a person's salvation or not salvation or otherwise. That's fairly plain and fairly simple. Now, the second follow-up question to this is actually a big question that's been grappled with by the Roman Catholic Church in particular right now because they have this major problem where uh, the most significant member of their church other than Francis is currently the President of the United States, who is Joe Biden, who is also living in open sin in his promotion of abortion. And so this for them is like, okay, do we offer communion to this guy or not? You know, this is a, a major public relationships relations disaster if we don't offer him communion, but he is not supportive of the doctrines of our church. So what do we do? And so there is a lot of debate uh, in the Roman Catholic Church around that situation as it presents itself at the moment. Now, when it comes to open sin, there are two categories of open sin. There is open sin where you know that the thing is sinful, and there are open sins of you know sins of ignorance where you have no idea that you know you are living, you know, you, can, you can be openly living in a in, in a sinful uh, kind of state, but have no idea that it's actually sin. So in the in the second category there, uh, the Bible says that the times of our ignorance God winks at; He turns a blind eye to that which mm. we do not know. And so you can have a person who is living in open sin and who is still in a saved relationship with God, and we don't exclude, obviously, that person from communion. Mm. Then you have another category where you have somebody who is in open rebellion. Mm. And somebody who is in open rebellion, and, and, and going back to the first category, if somebody works into your church, and this is typically what happens, is that you know, you're having communion service and some visitors turn up, and they just participate in communion. Do we take them aside and give them a grilling first? Oof. You know, no, we don't. That would be entirely inappropriate. Uh, that is between them and God to sort out. We don't give people a grilling beforehand to find out whether they are living in open sin that they know is sin beforehand. However, it is it is a different situation when somebody is living in open rebellion against God. Mm. And... Uh, in that particular case, it becomes a farce when they turn up and take part of the communion service. Mm. And so, in that in that in that situation, if I had somebody who was, uh, uh, yeah, basically standing up and saying, "No, I'm going to call myself a Christian, but I just want to eat what I want to eat. I want to wear what I want to wear," as it says in you know Isaiah chapter four and verse one, "I want to live my life however I want to live my life." Then, uh, no, that person I don't think would be an appropriate person to participate in communion. You might disagree with me on that. Um, and you are welcome to do so. Uh, give us a call right here on the number, which is 0491064669. But, uh, you know, the Bible talks about those who are professing uh, Christians. That's what communion is open for. Anyway. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.